Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Download episodes of previous shows. Welcome to the podcast. I am Hudson. Nikki is Hello. also here. That's her voice. And Isaiah. Howdy. That's his voice. <laughs> that's how he says howdy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to, uh, we're still doing our Radio U fall fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a bit shorter of a podcast, if you noticed yesterday, but full of heart and full of oh, spirit. Oh, yeah. We're still doing a lot of effort. A lot of effort. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're putting all the effort to raise money for Radio U, which hosts our podcast. We're the riot on Radio U. So if you have not checked out RadioU.com, consider donating and just put in the comment section that you're a podcast listener because it does cost a lot to be able to host this podcast every day. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not cheap and it's hard because the more listeners we get for the podcast... The more expensive it is to have the podcast, <laughs> uh, but it's worth it since, you know, you guys are a part of our Radio U family as well. So go to RadioU.com and help donate if you can. So what do we have today, Isaiah? Today on the podcast, uh, we had a conversation about if mayonnaise is appropriate on many different things, but one of them being coffee. It's not on, it's in coffee. In, yeah, <laughs> in, in it. coffee. <laughs> and some of us said yes. Some of us said no. Ooh, we find out who said what. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> who do you think said they want co- per- Yeah. Who could be the person who would Who's go, the never had in the room? it, never had it, hated it? Who could yeah. that be? Who could it be? Who <laughs> might say that about mayo and coffee? I think you'll have to find things. out, but I still think either during our fundraiser next week or it might be better after. Uh, perhaps we take maybe an after show or we try uh. some other unique things that people put in coffee that are like non traditional. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you could uh, throw in the mayonnaise as a, an option then. I, yeah. I'm happy to give it a shot is all I will say. We also talked about, and this was a, the segment that I that I felt like for once, not for once, but it's pretty rare that I agree with Hudson on things. And one of the things I agree with him with was the urinating on mailboxes. Yeah, <laughs> you think it's, what it, wait. The uh, postal share your, worker who got sh- in trouble because yes. he peed on a mailbox at a condo place. But he's, according to the condo residents, he didn't get in enough trouble. <laughs> but according to, I guess, Isaiah and I, he got in an appropriate amount of trouble. I think well, he's so. not fired, but what well, else yeah. do you think should happen? See, listen, I think, I agree with Hudson the fact that if no one saw it, did it ever really even happen? Yeah. They did. They did see it, though. Yes, I know it. They saw it. But <laughs> do I think what he did was wrong? Yes. But in the fact that there was, like, nobody really, like, there was... No one was hurt. Was it no one was hurt. Is it a fireable <laughs> offense? Yeah. I guess they could really probably just fix the issue by switching him to a different mail route. Oh, yeah. they wouldn't even another. know. Yeah. yeah, then nobody then would... Then can act like he was fired. See, and if he wasn't like a postal worker, mm-hmm. is that an appropriate reason to be fired from another job? Like no, let's say absolutely. you caught Hudson or I doing it. Are we fired? I don't want to. You know? <laughs> I just don't want then to. He's like, yes, you yes. are. <laughs> I don't know. It's awkward. It's very awkward. But I feel like if these were different times mm-hmm. and then it was really hard to get a job delivering mail, you would have totally been fired for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, because you've lost the trust of your route. <laughs> you know, 
like they just can't believe in you or the postal service. Like well, they take it all the way up. Through rain or sleet or, or snow pee. or really needing to go to the bathroom, they get your mail delivered. Every day. And you have to take what comes along with that sometimes. And that includes going to the bathroom when when they need to. I wish we could have gotten more side from the postal worker because is it a case of you're not allowed to stop your route? Like, I know so many delivery drivers are pushed. Yeah. Like, yeah. they have so many packages to deliver and Heck, they can't stop. Amazon probably encourages this. Well, they, <laughs> they probably have something built into the truck like yeah. a bathroom in the back. Bathroom in the back of the truck. So I, I wish we knew more of like why did he go to the bathroom at the mailboxes? Because then I might feel a little bit more sympathetic if it's mm-hmm. a, hey, I don't have enough workers. I can't literally stop to go to the bathroom. So uh, what was the video from a few years? It's not even a few years ago, but the guy was peeing, going up the steps to deliver the mail at the uh. person, and he was just peeing up the steps. Uh. Do you remember that one? Right. That was was, he like, was like it a... down the leg peeing, or was it just open? Like It was open. Oh, oh goodness. He was just peeing, and you could just see the pee on the steps and up to the front porch of this lady's house. I think house. that's worse. I think that's yeah, worse. That's, like, that's worse. way worse. That's that was way so worse. weird. Yeah. Okay, I'll have to watch that video again. <laughs> yes, that's terrible. I mean, at least like you know, at least it was contained Ugh. to the mailbox, where that is just like that's lazy. Oh, yeah, just you're lazy. just walking and going, and uh, it's too much. Not about all that. We also had some some older segments as well. Uh, we talked about um, a trend that was going on where you put ketchup in your hair. Yeah, and uh, Hudson, yeah, man, I don't remember that at all. Hudson was <laughs> uh, good. That long ago. Let me remind you, uh, <laughs> Hudson was quoted, even though he has he has these luscious locks. He said that he wants to put as little effort in them as he possibly can, which I thought that was interesting because if you're a person who has long hair, then you'd think like you'd want it to like look good, Well, no, good, that's you know? the unfair part because when it's like you really try to put effort into your hair, that's when your hair is just a mess. Yes. But for the person who has long hair and doesn't care, then we're jealous at people like Hudson who it, don't put any effort in. Well, and it just looks luscious every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you also have to remember that the whole reason that my hair is long is not because it, it, I think it looks good. It's because I don't want to put care. in the effort of going to get it cut. He's afraid yeah. of the barber. It's not that he doesn't want to put the effort in. He's, uh-huh. a, he's afraid. That's right. Well, either way, it's great that your hair grows so fast. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, enjoy the podcast today. Enjoy um, what we have to offer mm-hmm. while our fundraiser is going on. And don't forget RadioU.com to help donate and help uh, the Worst of Riot podcast. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. The Riot Podcast. Radio U. It's not payday for the garbage men in the town of Marseille in France. Is that how you say it? Marseille? Uh, sounds Mar- good. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just say France. A yeah, town in it's France. It's a France town. Uh, it's, on, it's on the water. It's uh, on the beach. And so what's happening is the, the garbage workers are on strike and the trash is piling up. In fact, so much so that it is blowing onto the beach and into the ocean. So oh, really? It's, uh, that's a big problem. But the reason they are on strike is because they don't want to work more than 21 hours in a week. So they would like 21 hours a week, 21 hours to 35 hours. That's that's, that's what they were attempting to increase it to? to yes. Yeah, so to be clear, they've been working 21 hours 
a week. That's it. That's been their their job. Their full. It's a full time job. Twenty one hours a week. How does that sound? Uh, they say though that because um, they have not been able to agree on a deal mm-hmm. because the council would like the trash men to work longer hours, mm-hmm. up to thirty five, which is yeah. still shocking. That's still one of the shortest in the world. However, that's more in line with what people in France would. Most people in France would work. Sure. And then uh, if they could agree on that, but instead they were striking and not picking up trash. Mm-hmm. Now the police are involved because it is becoming a ecological disaster area Yeah, because it's getting to the beach and into the water. Mm-hmm. So they don't care if it's just bad in the city. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who cares about care the people? If it hurts the water. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, you wouldn't want the seagulls to no. be, have to deal with any trash. No. I mean, if you look at pictures of it, if you've ever been in New York City or like any downtown place, mm-hmm. it's not far off from sure. what you can see in a downtown area. Yeah, and these are the worst pictures they could find. You know, like they're sifting through after they sent somebody to town to take all these pictures. Well, these are the worst. They were saying even some of these, though, are after the trash was picked up. Yikes. Like this is still the leftover yeah. stuff. So they're looking to in, uh, introduce national legislation that would require uh, public sector employees to work the national average, which is a 35-hour week starting January 1st, and the trash workers still say no. Man, what a what a backwards... Co- I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much I'm backwards. assuming... Well, <laughs> I mean, right, I'm assuming is. that our most of our public employees in the United States work the 40-hour work week, yeah. uh, whereas in France, the normal work week is 35 for, for the average Joe Schmo, but... For their public sector employees, it says that they work a lot less. They a lot of them do do the twenty do do a lot of them do work the twenty one hour work week. How mature are you? Oh, that's all this is, isn't it? It is. It just doesn't make. But you know, wouldn't we be outraged if they're like here in the United States? Guess who gets a shorter work week than everyone else? Well, there was people a, that work for the government. There's been a big shortage for uh, trash. Uh, picker uppers like the trashmen here <laughs> yeah. because they had to bring in other people from different cities and if you were even a part of like any community Facebook groups and stuff mm. if you want to see people that are mad about oh, something yeah. hey. find out when there's trash problems and people get heated justifiably so and yeah. my recycling doesn't get picked up uh, it very quickly starts to look at my house just like it does in these <laughs> the pictures. pictures. <laughs> so I need the recycling people to be on time. Is that so too much to ask? If the trash workers refuse, they face a maximum sentence of six months in prison and a fine. Uh, if they do not start picking up the trash, uh, the trash men will also receive trash people will well, receive nine no. weeks of holiday each year. They, that- keep, <laughs> they keep saying trash men, bin men, bin garbage men. men in the story. There's maybe they need to start hiring garbage ladies. Ladies, this is thought about that. This is made up of uh, annual leave, and then there's four weeks of rest uh, leave that's provided. Mm. So they say that is there to prevent the bin men from being exhausted. <laughs> I, I just have a very hard time. I think I've found a new job. I know. You want to <laughs> go? go. Work? Yeah, let's go uh, start. We'll be bin men in France. Bin people, and I want to drive the truck. I'm going to let you do the stuff outside. Well... You would get one of those trucks that just uh, has the arm, so I don't even have to get out either. I just kind of ride on the back. I don't think, I think you have to get off for this one. Yeah. I think you're going to have to actually pick it up. when we're so behind, yeah, I think so. (laughs) Store at room temperature. Now that they can do. The Riot Radio U. Hellman's, as in the, the Mayo Company. Uh, some might, might say this is trolling. Some call it a sling blade. I call it a Kaiser blade. 
Uh, they post- <laughs> what? <laughs> What did Sling, you say? What, the Billy Bob Thornton movie, Sling yes. Blade? Yeah. You've seen it, right? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> he just wants you to agree you, with him. He just said it so like so quickly and like it was so, so yeah. nonchalantly that it just caught me way off uh, guard. Okay, yes. Uh, so they tweeted, mayo in your coffee. That's it. That's the tweet. That's disgusting. It was causing, Terrible. causing a stir. Why do we even bring Isaiah in on this? He doesn't like coffee. Yeah, he doesn't but, even drink it. Listen, so, you, it's a team effort. It's a team effort. It's a team effort. You invite me in here, and uh, then I get in here, and you berate me. What do you want from me? You That's got, the team. I just exactly. exactly. Nikki actually invited you in here, and I think it's so you guys could gang up on me for saying that well, this might think, be a, might not be a bad idea. Oh, my gosh. No, no, I think it's disgusting. I think mayo, mayonnaise, I know. Uh, it's whatever gross. you want to call it is gross. And uh, the fact that you put in your coffee, I don't think it's too far off from what's the one for like... Uh, the butter one. What yeah. do they call that? And lots of people did bullet, that. Yeah. Bullet, bullet coffee. coffee. Yeah. Bullet coffee. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's too far off. You know from what? That. I I've tried the bullet coffee. Uh, the butter isn't the problem. It's the other like the oil thing you're supposed to put in it that makes sure. it keto. Sure. Uh, that was hard. That makes it horrible. Uh, so with mayo, I guess it could be oily potentially, but you know what? Because wouldn't that just be putting fat in there? Yeah. Uh, well, you've put a lot of creamer in your coffee, so how is it so different? What do you? Listen, what? Don't it's throw- mayonnaise. Maybe the first person <laughs> when uh, Coffee Mate tweeted out, uh, you know, hundreds of years ago, they tweeted out. <laughs> Coffee mate in your coffee. That's it. That's the tweet. Maybe everybody was like, no, we can't do that. Cream and coffee? Are you out of your mind? Yeah, and the cream then, is so good. Look. It's like a, it's like a well-known. So no, mayonnaise is a very controversial kind of condiment that people don't like or they really like. And? And it's not and good in I coffee. I really like it. I no, like it. Oh it's good. Gosh, it's, you would never. I, this is the thing is people would never do this. If well, you say you would do this, now then I, I, I don't even know what to say to you. I do think if you go back like 100 years or like, what do we put in the coffee? Yeah. Like, yeah. Mayonnaise makes sense back then. I don't know how old what? mayo is. But nowadays, no. With the, Have you been to the creamer section? We don't need anything like that. <laughs> what no. if it's a whole new unexplored world and all of a sudden... Uh, first I don't you start. Want that first, world. you put original mayo in your coffee. Then uh, it goes so well. It's like, well, we're going to start coming out with cinnamon mayo, and we're going to come out with <laughs> maple mayo and cookie mayo, and all these mayos that you can put in your coffee. And they call it. Uh, I was going to coffee mayo. Yeah, I don't coffee know. Coffee mayo. You need a better name for that. But well, I'm gonna let it you could work be on a that. match made in heaven. I don't know. I haven't tried it, but I like coffee. I like mayo. I think there's potential there. Why don't we plan, someone write this down, mm-hmm. for next week when we're done with a fundraiser. This is why we need to get fully funded, guys. <laughs> yes. We got to be able stuff. to get some mayonnaise well, in here. Is this really we're a- going to plop a dollop of mayo in your coffee. <laughs> you can Specifically your coffee. Why do you have to put it that way? Plop and, a dollop. And then you tell us what you think about the mayo in that. Are you sure that this, is, this doesn't have to, to be post-fundraiser and it doesn't have to be a week from now? This is more of a TikTok it's just a minute uh, where we just plop it. You know, we could do this shorter no, we, and quicker and easier. We need to all be involved. I want you. Yeah, I want you, you to say on air. I want you to say on air that you were wrong and that it tastes disgusting. That's what I want to happen. No, I, <laughs> I will never do that. No, I'm just gonna I take a drink never. and be like, you know, it's a, uh, it's not terrible, ter- <laughs> terrible. <laughs> you have a great time with that. I, but mayo and coffee should I. I think they're just trolling. Hey, no, I'm willing to put my mayo where my mouth is. I will try this, and I don't know if I'll go back to it, but you're also talking to the guy that put Tabasco in his coffee. Welcome to The Riot, where you listen to us, and uh, that's it. It's pretty much a one-way street. The Riot. Radio U. We've got a mailman who was caught peeing. Can I say peeing? Yeah. Urinating? 
temperature. He was caught urinating, relieving himself. It's all awful. <laughs> on on a mailbox in a uh, in an apart, a condominium complex. Sure. And so like he's been inside or on the side. Uh, like if a dog. I think walks it's by. on the side. Yeah. I think it's on the, not actually. On, I don't think he peed on the mail. Um, but because that's too much. That that would be a bridge too far. Uh, he has been charged with public indecency. Mm-hmm. However. He has not been taken off of his mail route. Well, the He's, times are tough. They only have so many people. <laughs> apparently, you, you haven't crossed the line yet when they're desperately searching for people to work yeah, for them. <laughs> but, uh, the, the people of the condominium complex are concerned. In fact, one of the uh, one of the residents there admits that he went up to him and confronted him about it. Yeah. He did, says so he seems pretty combative is what the what the resident said. So did he do it often or just that one time? Yeah, as far as we know, just the one time. Because we have read plenty of stories where there are some people that are not uh, embarrassed about going to the bathroom in public. Uh-huh. Like they have no problem with well, it. There's uh, no shame. I was thinking... It doesn't specifically say it was done while he was on the job, although I'm assuming. I bet it was. What if, yeah. what if it wasn't? Well, if then, he just randomly went and peed there, then you're also not supposed to do that. But why? Would, but that shouldn't affect your job, uh, right? It questions. Right? It makes you question everything. If I peed on a mailbox, <laughs> I don't want to hear about it. I don't want I to hear get, about it. Would that affect if I didn't do it on the yes, on the clock? Would. If I was off the clock. <laughs> What? What it would I affect be- how I look at you, so then therefore yeah. maybe I can't do the job with you. Maybe it make the show even better. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I used to live near a golf course uh, uh-huh. near one of the holes. Yeah, and man, people would pee there all the time. You just look out the like, window. Why is the grass so tall here? And you're like, why? Why are you doing that? So I, I just think some people are have no problem yeah. with it. Maybe the. I mean, it's a lot. Maybe it's a long mail route. And maybe he has no other place. He to has stop. no other place to go. Yeah, you, and maybe. What if he? <laughs> this would be ironic. What if it's against protocol to stop in your mail car at McDonald's and go potty uh, while you're on the clock? Maybe. So he had to find some way to do it. Appar- and so th- and this is his way of getting around the rules because like I was just working. Uh, so you can't you can't be uh, can't be too mad. If the only concern I have is if he's going to the bathroom near where people go and walk just a moment later to get their mail. Yeah. That's the issue. Like you can go around the back where there's more bushes and <laughs> yeah. hide back there. Uh-huh. But it didn't seem like he wanted to but, do that. I like also said, have a problem if it was more than number one. Oh, well, that's where no, we have a real issue. That would for some reason, yes, that would make it worse. Yes, it does. But especially if he didn't pick it up with a bag afterwards. But that was what I was gonna say. I can't do that. If Who it, can do that? <laughs> What? You can't pick up. Well, your- I was gonna say there, there's a good possibility that uh, he's not the first creature <laughs> that has urinated there before. True. So why are we getting so up in arms? I mean, I guess somebody must have seen him. But if nobody saw him, it. it if a man pees on a mailbox and nobody's around to see it, did Does it even he? happen? Listen, I'm just telling you because you seemed in the beginning to to question some of this. Yeah. I don't want you to ever do that. And if we do find <laughs> out that you did that, we have to have a meeting. And I don't know if I want to be in yeah. the meeting or not, but that is wrong. Then I'm just going to make very sure that I don't get caught. Because we have those columns out in the front of the building. And <laughs> yeah. I'll make sure you're not being out there. Well, those are on camera, so I would never. <laughs> <laughs> I'd find that just right outside of the reach of the cameras. <laughs> You might be thinking that this won't be quite as bad the second time around. Well, you'd be greatly mistaken. You're listening to the worst of the Riot Podcast.
basically Chris was telling us how he hasn't heard a single cicada. And I was like, are you sure you haven't heard like an abundance of yard work in your neighborhood? But it's not yard work. It's not weed bugs. whackers. It's yeah. the cicadas. <laughs> he must just be inside the whole time or something. I don't know. Every area is different yeah. um, for what you're hearing. Well, and Chris what you're lives hearing. in a concrete jungle. That's it. And Nikki and I are out uh, in nature. We, we live near the trees. Apparently, but even <laughs> I, like, I'll go in different parts of my neighborhood mm-hmm. and it'll just be like a chorus over here and yeah. silence over there. And it really depends on if the trees behind you are old enough. Right. I think that's the biggest uh, difference you for kn- some areas. You know what I was thinking was really weird is uh, where the studio is. Yeah. They call it Tree City USA. But, you would think we would have a lot of cicadas. But what's around but- us? Uh, what do you mean, farmland? Yeah. But there are trees, though. Not that far away. Just not enough. Just not enough. I think they tore most of those things, and so that's why we don't hear them here at Radio U. Yeah, well, if you go, if you just take the, the, I'm not saying the, like, turn right. I just mean if you take the right turn out of the studio, you soon enough will find the cicadas. You will. (laughs) They'll be there. <laughs> Say and that ominously. If you, t- <laughs> oh, they'll find you, uh, so that they can pee on yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, you know what? Chris has, doesn't have it so bad. Just uh, avoiding them completely. Good that for him. That would be good. We even know where I. F- I wonder if you can avoid the cicadas in basically a lot of the Asia Pacific region, mm-hmm. and maybe that's why they're so high on this list of the most livable cities in the world. So the economist, uh, economist. <laughs> What? Economist? I hate, oh, I hate that word. Economist. Wow. In my mind, that is coming out something different. <laughs> the economy. You the, don't want the economy going the, bad. It's taking a turn for the worse. The EIU uh, basically uh, released a list of livable cities globally. So uh-huh. the world's most livable cities in 2021. So this year, yep. they gave the top 10 rankings. So even with pandemic stuff still going around, um, they say that. And city decline oh. is still real. Because people want to move away from higher populated areas. Uh, So even with all that, what's the livable cities for people where they want to be? Well, I'll start at number I'll start at number five and count us down. Number five is Tokyo, Japan. Number four, Wellington, New Zealand. Number three, Adelaide, Australia. Two, Osaka, Japan. And number one, Auckland, New Zealand. So. I'm sensing a bias here, maybe. <laughs> it's a lot of Australia. It's a lot of New Zealand. Yep. Uh, Switzerland came in um, Swi- still up to up to 10 with Zurich and Geneva for Sw- both of those. Switzerland is the only, if you look at the top 10, the only country that's not in the Asia Pacific It's called region. the Livability Index, and uh-huh. it ranks cities based on 30 uh, factors, uh, stability, healthcare, culture, environment, education, and infrastructure. Yep. And they say that because New Zealand and even Australia were able to lock down uh, easier than, you know, more larger areas, uh-huh. um, that that has led to them being higher on this list so during maybe this year. L- livable just literally means you won't die as likely. <laughs> Pretty much. That's it. But- uh, I, I I do question the la- the ranking just because, or I guess I just don't know if I want to be number one because it's like best. if you're uh, if you're Auckland, New Zealand, it's like come to Auckland, we're livable. <laughs> you know, it's not exactly like a real great a great well, adjective for, for your town for New Zealand, and I think I know for like Japan. Um, you know, like you can go there and you can travel and you can stay for a while, but yeah. like especially Japan, you you can't really like unless you're there you 
can't really move and stay there the uh-huh. whole time and yeah. like become a resident of it. Uh, but they are still relatively open when it comes to healthcare systems. Um, you know, with COVID and their response towards it. Yeah. Uh, the let's see, Honolulu was the biggest gainer on the index. Okay. That was also locked down more. Yeah. Moving up forty six places with the. I would think with the because these are island nations. A lot of them. So they're more isolated in a way or, or Honolulu, an island state, or you're just isolated from everything, which yes. when you're coming to the virus, that's actually kind of good. They say that did help them during that so time. This- they said Asia ranked well below North America and Western Europe, according to the EIU. Um, they say that, you know, there's other parts where there's more unrest and stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, they are farther down as a livable city. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. I wonder uh, what the, I would guess it's Honolulu based off of the city, uh, or based off of the rankings. Uh, it was 14th. So I guess that was the top American city. I would love to live in Japan. You would? I would pick that totally. You don't think it would be too crowded for you or anything like that? Nope. I would just That's be not, like, hey, Nikki's in Japan now. I Yay. think <laughs> what, we should do it for the show. We'd have a whole different area of content we could now, cover. No, I want to live somewhere else where it's like vacation living and uh-huh. suddenly you're way more wealthier. You don't have a job. <laughs> oh, you're don't just, we all? You're just having a really good time Actually, and you live there. I think I would turn that down. If you missed out on the next riot moment when it originally aired, you don't know how lucky you are. You're listening to the Worst of the Riot Podcast. Summertime is here, and that might mean you're spending a lot more time in the pool area. But as we know, when you've got longer hair and you've got chlorine in the water... It causes havoc, doesn't it, Nikki? I do. I have to put a spray on, otherwise my hair turns green. <laughs> and you're like, is it a cool green? No, it's not. <laughs> it is a ugly green that is bad. Oh, I'll have to be watching out for that. Well, it's usually in the bottom, so uh-huh. like, I'll put my hair up, uh, but people are like, have a good time, get in the water, and you're like, I pay too much for this hair, I can't, <laughs> I can't get my hair. We'll come it's, in on a, on a Monday, oh, look who went swimming. Yeah, it's always the bottom half, back part of my hair that'll turn like like a really interesting green and the only thing you can really do is besides spraying it with a certain stuff is yeah. uh wear Cut like it a, off. Oh no. <laughs> That's drastic. Hey, you have long hair too, so do. don't talk. Uh but uh like a swim hat sort of swim cap yeah. thing, but And those are never flattering, are I've they? I've never tried it and I I don't think I have the confidence to pull that off. Yeah. So I'll just stay above and not go in yep. and under the water. Keep your hair up out of the water. Well, maybe this will do the trick for you. Catch up. What does ketchup do? Ketchup with the uh, the acidity of the tomatoes and the vinegar in it is going to be a nice hair mask for you whenever you're feeling the effects of chlorine. And this is according to Hemming Will- Willis, who is the wife of actor Bruce Willis. Oh, she was, interesting. For some reason, she was... She's I guess the she's, special person with yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> uh, she's a beauty expert. Oh, Emma Hemming-Willis. I'm sorry. that's ah. I'm missing her first name there. Emma Hemming-Willis. And she was do, talking about this on the Today Show. Oh. She's a beauty expert, according to the Today Show, which means... I trust everything that today's show says. I trust everything that Emma Hemming-Willis says. Beauty experts are just when people are good looking and they're like, yes, let's put you on TV. All right, talk about the ketchup and the hair. I really like how, like, literally the quote is what I said. The tomato and vinegar is very acidic. So what it's going to do is just sort of help with that chlorine buildup in your hair. That's not especially informative. But maybe on the Today Show, that's informative That's enough. all they got. They That's say, what put, they need. They say, don't be afraid. Put it on thick. 
and then put your hair up for like 30 to 90 minutes. Uh-huh. Is this been, before or after? Um, while it's on your hair. So just yeah, let but it, I mean, like before you go swimming. After, uh, okay, after we get, after we've got chlorine in yeah. our hair, and then you wash ketchup out with shampoo and conditioner, and then they say, I, I'd be interested in trying it as long as it wouldn't dye my hair. Then like ketchup color. Yeah, ketchup is known to it can cause stains on like your clothing like, and carpeting and. See, I have to use a uh, a purple shampoo. Uh huh. And it, you have to wear gloves. Okay. When you shampoo, wow. when you shampoo your hair with it. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, blondes, we can get brassy. It's like you're going into the into a science it lab. Is, it is. It is. It's like, what is going on? Uh, but ketchup, you know, maybe maybe we should try this. It feels like too much effort for me because we know my whole thing is le- least minim- uh, the least effort possible. Sure. The most lazy I can be is how I'm going to treat my hair. Well, why don't so you? So it feels like a lot for me, but you could try it. It's not. Why don't you just save it for dinner and just a little ketchup <laughs> on your plate and then just go, wee. There's never ketchup left over on my plate at dinner. Or yeah, take your plate and just rub it on your hair. (laughs) And then just let it sit for 90 minutes and wash it out. And tell us if you like it. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I trust Emma Hemming-Willis. But she's a beauty expert, Hudson. What are her qualifications? Besides being married to Bruce Willis, (laughs) who obviously knows nothing about hair. Hudson sees the glass is half empty. But get this. He thinks a glass half empty is good. The Riot. Radio U. Times are tough when it comes for housing. You know, like you can't buy anything. This one makes me mad. Yeah, it does. (laughs) It really does. We found, we might have to post this. It is an apartment in Brooklyn, New York, as opposed to the other Brooklyns. And it, (laughs) it's caught our eye because it has the, the, uh, shower is in the kitchen. The shower (laughs) is neatly nestled straight across from the stove. Right between a very, a very minuscule fridge and the, the sink with all the cupboard, cupboards. So basically, you know, if you go to um, like Home Depot or Lowe's and it's like this is the cabinet slash sink thing that's already built. Right. You get the kitchenette there. You get a, an actual pretty sizable shower. Like it's pretty big. Yeah. The and shower a, is bigger than the fridge. And then a small, tiny fridge with this place that has a very short, like, uh, not very tall uh, closet uh-huh. that doesn't have a door. Like, this right. is all weird. Yeah, this looks like... Uh, like. Oh, actually, did you see the overview? They say luxurious or weird. <laughs> Kitchen or bathroom vibes. You decide. Wow, they're trying. Yeah, they're, they're trying. They're just going with it. For $1,600 a month, you could have this. It doesn't. It doesn't even say how many square feet. It is a negligible amount it's of so square small. feet. Yeah, they couldn't measure. It's, it's square a, inches. This price for a spacious loft apartment is rare for the area. Unit comes with separate kitchen and w- with windows and sectioned off sleeping area with toilets. <laughs> that is bad. And the toilet room looks bad too. It does. The, well, <laughs> it's you know, it's one thing when you're trying to do a little with a lot with this space or well, a lot with just, a little, I guess, with they the space. Know. But then you look at some of the pictures. Actually, I've got a different angle for the uh, for the shower. Yeah, and even the shower is disgusting looking when you actually look at it. Well, you're they not, didn't. They you're did not, not try to. cleaning. Sometimes you can't. Like you just you just <laughs> yeah, can't there's, clean there's enough. There's only so much you can do. Oh, that's sad. That's just. And you know what's bad is that's probably like wow, this really is spacious. Yeah, <laughs> it's for sixteen hundred dollars. That's a deal in New and York. You just have to store everything in your shower in your kitchen. There is nothing to store. Hudson, Nikki, The Riot, on Radio U. Every once in a while, even when you're doing radio, you see so many stories, so many surveys come along, and every once in a while, there's still one that just shocks you. (laughs) 
And that's what I've got right here. Nikki, can you believe this? According to this new survey, I think it's done by a company called OnePoll, and they say that over half of all Americans don't think that dinosaurs are still roaming the earth. They don't? Well, that leads oh. the other side. So nearly half of us still believe that dinosaurs are roaming the earth. I'm surprised that's such a balanced number between, like, yeah. right in the middle. You I would thought think it'd be more leaning people more would one know way. that dinosaurs are still around. Oh, is that it? That, you would think that. <laughs> I can, this, uh, this is a poll out of just 2,000 adults, so they might have just hit an area. They just picked a bad batch. It could have been just an area where they just weren't sure. And sometimes I think it's our fault that movies are so convincing uh-huh. and shows are so convincing that... You might well, not realize some of that is not the uh, movie, real. Jurassic, all the Jurassic Park stuff doesn't really make as much sense if dinosaurs are still roaming around. You know, like <laughs> I don't it know. It kind of renders that whole movie kind of uh, insane. Sometimes I guess the the last like say Godzilla, the Godzilla and Kong one when you were uh-huh. watching that, and you you're watching, you're going, well. I mean, you don't know what's in the yeah, ocean. right. <laughs> like, you could still have things like that. But for this, uh, they're just saying that nearly half of Americans out of the 2,000 yes. that they polled believe that dinosaurs still exist well, in some f- uh, form or in a remote part of the world. What I was going to say is uh, I'll give them some of these half the benefit of the doubt of maybe they maybe they're the type that are like, well, how do we really differentiate what's a dinosaur? Like mm-hmm. maybe a Komodo dragon would qualify. Or like a shark, you know, yeah. like certain things there. there. Could, th- those Some of those sharks that are like down in the deep sea, they've been around, like they lived, the actual individual sharks lived for hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of years. So maybe uh, who knows how long they've been around. They say 54%, again, out of the 2,000, uh, <laughs> believe that dinosaurs only lived in Africa and North America, despite uh, scientists you know, finding dinosaur bones all around the world. Well, I'm wondering maybe that's the only two continents these people could name. You know? <laughs> Those are the only two continents. I don't think we would do well if we were the ones going around getting the survey you know, study information. Be like, I'm sorry, what do you think? But we're so wise. Oh, yeah. You mean, I thought you meant we would fail these two. No, we'd be like, they put the us ones- on the spot and we'd be like, uh, uh. <laughs> Africa. North America. That's where they were. Africa. <laughs> no, I think it'd be odd if we were the ones writing down people's responses. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it would be hard to keep a straight face. Well, this just, you know, file this under, uh, they're saying, loads of misinformation. Yeah, which I we didn't have a part of earlier. When I- <laughs> it always, we missed it. National Dinosaur Day was on the first. Oh, okay. How did we not celebrate? Well, it is donut day today, so let's not make the mistake to with get, today. to get our free dinosaur? Why wasn't that story published? Oh, like a museum or something. Yeah. They're, they're, or in a remote part of the world, because right. they're still alive. <laughs> they're still alive somewhere. You've made it all the way to the end of the worst of the riot. This show only exists because of support from listeners like you. Find out more and help out at radiou.com slash donate. Please follow us on Facebook and subscribe via iTunes. Today's episode of the Dealerscope podcast is brought to you by HDMI Licensing Administrator, Inc., or HDMI LA. 
HDMI Licensing Administrator Inc., or HDMI LA, is the agent representing the HDMI specifications. For more information on HDMI specification features, the HDMI cable certification programs, and to see the list of authorized HDMI adopters, visit www.hdmi.org. Hi, welcome to episode 114 of the DealerScope podcast. My name is Tom Similian. I'm your host. I'm the editor-in-chief of DealerScope. Today, we have Chandley Harrell, the president of the HDMI Forum. He's here to talk about HDMI, HDMI 2.1. Um, you know, the standard's been out for a couple of years, but uh, there's a lot to talk about in terms of the latest big products, how HDMI 2.1 is working with gaming and TVs, in front of the new cables, um, you know, and so on. So, um, Chandley, thank you so much for, for being here today. Um, I wonder if you could just tell me, you know, quickly about your role at uh, the HDMI Forum. Yeah, Tom. Uh, hello. Uh, very happy to be here with you. Um, yeah, so I'm uh, the president of the HDMI Forum, and, and uh, the HDMI Forum is uh, the uh, industry organization that uh, develops the new specifications uh, for HDMI. And uh, our latest specification is the HDMI 2.1 specification, which uh, uh, you know, we're, we're here to talk about uh, products coming out because uh, there's, a, there's a big wave of uh, products hitting the market uh, this year. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, why don't we start right with there? I mean, it's, you know, as you said, it's been out for a couple of years. Um, so what, what would you say are the biggest products, uh, you know, coming out now and, you know, in the next few months? Well, uh, if you've been in uh, some of the stores uh, uh, earlier this year and uh, uh, the, the TVs with uh, supporting HDMI 2.1 have really been uh, hitting the shelves uh, uh, this year. Uh, many models from, uh, uh, you know, the big manufacturers such as Samsung, LG, Sony, and others. Uh, uh, so it's, uh, you're really seeing these uh, TVs hitting the market. And uh, also, uh, uh, from the content side, you're seeing uh, the game boxes, a lot of the game consoles, uh, you know, PlayStation's hit the market, uh, Xbox Series X has come to market, uh, probably, uh, you know, on the order, roughly uh, 20 million of these game consoles are now out there with uh, actively being used, uh, as well as, um, you know, on the PC graphics side, the, the two uh, leading uh, graphics vendors, NVIDIA and AMD, have come out with their new hotshot uh, graphics, which uh, support HDMI 2.1 and other devices, you know, uh, monitors, uh, gaming monitors are coming out. Um, uh, AVRs are on the market, uh, sound bars, uh, you know, docking stations, uh, certainly the uh, ultra high speed cables, which are the, the, the latest cables that support the, uh, the new interface. So uh, you can really see that um, that these products are, are are hitting the shelves and it's really setting up to be a, a nice holiday season from this perspective. So yeah, that is really a lot. That's a, the full the full gamut of of, of products that use you know uh, audio video type cables. So um, what would you say are some of the kind of general things that the channel you know generally just needs to know about this stuff? Like what are some of the main selling points? I mean, is it different depending on whether it's gaming or TV or sound bars or you know a computer? Well, let's, um, I'd say, let's talk about, you know, it's, it's exciting for both gaming and for the, the, the general uh, living room uh, movie viewing experience. And 
uh, from a from a, a gaming perspective, uh, this is really uh, the time frame, the era where TVs come to their own in gaming. They're really uh, making a, a play in gaming or great rendering platforms, not just for your sort of average uh, recreational gamer in the living room, but uh, uh, really now for hardcore gamers. Uh, so uh, there are uh, HDMI 2.1, the specification is chock full of new features for gaming. And uh, one is, of course, it's a faster interface, which is allowing for 4K ultra high resolution, 120 hertz gaming. So this is uh, high frame rate gaming at, at high resolutions, really a, an incredible experience. And you add to that uh, uh, new features, uh, variable refresh rate, VRR, and uh, auto low latency mode, ALLM, uh, and it really is a, is a great experience. So uh, VRR is uh, a, a technology that allows uh, essentially the TV to draw the picture as the uh, graphics card renders it. So it can vary the refresh rate so that there is no lag, no judder. It's a very smooth experience. You don't have to wait for frames. And the auto low latency mode allows you to turn on very low latency in a TV. So you get very, uh, you know, small millisecond latency for fast reaction time and and you don't have to hunt through menus to try to turn on a some kind of mode that gives you this. It will automatically switch, for instance, when you move from a movie to a uh, a game. Uh, you know that the source game console can just signal that it needs low latency. And wh where would you say is that? I mean, I feel like maybe some of this has been around with super early adopter, you know, PCs and monitors probably, but. Is it newer for TVs now? Is this like what what areas is is HDMI two point one like the newest? Like where is it suddenly like wow now it's in TVs? It's kind of a game changer because for, for gaming it, it is yeah it's a game changer and and you know TVs have uh, always been excellent at rendering very high quality uh, uh, rendering and and control of movie content and and other kinds of uh, studio content where uh, they control the, the lighting and the color and, and the frame rate and so on and do a lot of uh, good enhancements. Uh, now for gaming, these are new features, which is low latency and high frame rate and uh, this ability to uh, vary the refresh rate and even something called um, a quick frame transport, which can send the frames across the link faster. So. It, uh, these are new, very new features and in, in, in TVs and really focused on on the uh, high end gamer. And is there a difference between, say, you know, PC to gaming monitor or PC to TV console to, I guess, console to gaming monitor, or console to TV versus gaming monitor? Is there a different? I mean, is it sort of apples and oranges, or does it matter? You know, how you set that up. Well, traditionally, um, uh, in the in the more recent years, uh, the, it's been uh, really connecting your PC graphics to a, a monitor, which and, and they support the uh, proprietary uh, versions of variable refresh rate that uh, are provided by each vendor, each uh, source box vendor. And now it's uh, this with uh, these uh, HDMI 2.1 features coming in TVs. It's really leveling the playing field. It's bringing the gamer uh, options so that they can use either a gaming monitor 
or uh, uh, a lot of these new uh, TVs that have come to market. And uh, with the TVs, you can now get larger screens, you have more options, better pricing often with TVs and, uh, you know, a very broad selection of lines in, in the store. And so it's, it's, you can get the same experience on a TV that you can on a gaming monitor. Now, of course, there are also gaming monitors with HDMI 2.1 also coming to market, uh, new 4K 120 gaming monitors. And, and uh, uh, in some cases, uh, you know, gamers will continue to, to use the, the monitors. So everything has to be HDMI 2.1 for it to work perfectly, right? Like the, both the, the console slash PC, the source and the TV or monitor, right? That's right. Yeah, you you want to um, uh, purchase the the latest gear with uh, HDMI 2.1 game console, enable game console like the PS5 or Xbox X, Series X, and uh, TVs that uh, include these these new features. And is the content itself also optimized for HDMI 2.1? And if so, or, or does it up does it uh, you know I guess upscale or whatever? Or is it uh, will it work with anything? Or you know, and and if so, what content? Well, certainly there there are new games uh, that are that are coming out that are enabled for 4K 120 uh, hertz, and many of them are are uh, rendered uh, uh, well in terms of variable refresh rate. Uh, uh, you can uh, gain that uh, advantage uh, often by uh, just using the graphics card, uh, but uh, for 4K 120, sometimes you have to go into the game and actually enable it just because. The ecosystem, uh, the the game uh, providers often want you want to, you to confirm you have a 4K 120 TV and things like this. But uh, yeah, there there are a number of games on the market that uh, are now running with these uh, uh, enabled with these features. Um, now you had mentioned, and, and also I guess, sorry I forgot to also ask you. So gaming, yes, is is it relevant to like movies and TV and that kind of content as well, or is it mostly for games? Yeah, so I, you know the the uh, this is also a, 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 a great time for the uh, moviegoer in the living room because uh, HDMI 2.1 is enabling uh, higher resolution televisions, 8K televisions, and uh, uh, the uh, the hardware manufacturers are adding features, you know, scaling features such as uh, super resolution based scaling, upscaling, and uh, artificial intelligence, AI upscaling, and, and getting very good results uh, on 8K televisions. Uh, there are uh, background initiatives around, uh, you know, for over-the-top delivery of 8K content. And one of the uh, actually most important features coming with HDMI 2.1 for the movie crowd is a dynamic HDR. So HDR is a, allows in a much richer um, color palettes and, and uh, contrast in the shadows. You'll, you can see uh, action in the shadows that you couldn't see before and, and in the, the high brightness clouds and so on. And this is uh, dynamic HDR allows the content producer to vary this on a frame by frame basis, giving them excellent results. And this is one of the uh, uh, great new features in, in the living room for the, for the movie crowd. Um, you had mentioned sound bars and things like that. How does HDMI 2.1 work with, with sound bars? Is it, you know, how does it, what happens that's special and different there? Yeah, good point, Tom. Uh, so, uh, with, uh, both gaming and, uh, uh, uh movies, uh, 
you really want to be able to uh, render the, the latest in sound. And in gaming, uh, you, you know, the sound is very important for uh, how you're experiencing the, the action. And in movies, of course, it's a, an integral part of the overall experience. So with, with HDMI 2.1, uh, it's uh, something called the Enhanced Audio Return Channel is now available. And this allows uh, connection to sound bars uh, for high bitrate audio. And so now you can render this high bitrate audio to give exquisite surround sound. And uh, 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 this is even you know, for, for uh, uh, sound such as Dolby Atmos and DTS-X. And, uh, this is even uh, uh, heading towards uh, spatial audio, which uh, is, will be coming to market uh, more aggressively over the next several years. So it's a, an excellent technology. Uh, sound is really up-leveled with uh, HDMI 2.1. So the, the cables themselves, I mean, what's, what's different about them or what's special about the cables themselves? Well, okay, so you may have been hearing the forum talk about the uh, new ultra high speed HDMI cables, the UHS cables, and, and these are the latest cables with this new spec. And uh, they're now, uh, uh, over the last uh, six to 12 months, they've become widely available. So you can get them, uh, you know, places like Best Buy, and you're available from AudioQuest and Monoprice, Belkin, Legrand, others. And these are, uh, you know, full 48 gigabit per second. That's the maximum bandwidth of the of the new specification. It's they're, they're full rate cables, and they carry they enable all the features of HDMI 2.1 and and previous versions. So it's, you know, if you want 4K 120, you want 8K 60, you want uncompromising quality, you you buy these cables. And uh, in addition to the, the, the uh, performance, they also are tested for EMI, electromagnetic emission. So, you know, many of our devices in the home today include radios such as Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, you know, some of the home links such as Zigbee and even 5G in some cases. And so the, the low EMI emissions characteristics of these cables are also very important. Well, I was going to mention uh, quality. You know, the HDMI forum took a real look at cable quality and decided that uh, each cable model should be tested through an HDMI forum authorized test center. So nowadays, uh, when you buy an ultra high speed cable, it has been, uh, you know, that model has been tested through an, uh, an HDMI forum test center. And uh, you can find this uh, by just looking at the packaging. It's very easy to find on the packaging. There's a, a label that's uh, you know, uh, an anti-counterfeit label that you can just look for, uh, the retailer can just point to. And it's uh, very easy to confirm. You can uh, scan the QR code on the label and uh, it'll take you to a website confirming that it's a, a cable that has actually passed this uh, this uh, required testing. Wow, that's that's really cool. Um, thank you for mentioning that. Um, so uh, HDMI 2.1 is it's it, it is on obviously on more products now. Is it still a sort of um, more sort of premium spec you know feature that if you know consumers 
uh, for consumers, or is it has is it sort of trickled down to broader? Like who's 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 going to be buying these this year? Um, and also, do they work with older equipment? Like in case you aren't upgrading everything. Well, yeah. So these, uh, you know, HMI two dot one is uh, certainly in uh, the premium uh, models from uh, these well known brands. Uh, they have moved it to a broader base, so they're they're coming down sort of into the high mid range uh, models uh, uh, for uh, the the holiday season. Uh, certainly, uh, that's on the TV side, which is typically more expensive, and of course on the the delivery side, the source side, uh, you are seeing uh, lower end pricing for, you know, PS5 and Xbox are not exactly at their lowest yet. They, they're new to market. Uh, you expect the prices to come down over time, uh, but they're uh, getting um, a little more affordable. And uh, and certainly, uh, you know, many of these devices were available for a broader base of customers this year. Sounds good. Um, Chanley. Harris, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us today. Um, this has been very informative and um, sounds really exciting, um, you know, all the new possibilities with uh, HDMI 2.1. Um, thanks again. This is Tom Swain, Editor-in-Chief of Dealerscope, saying uh, over and out on uh, Dealerscope Podcast Episode 114. Thank you. Please follow us on Facebook and subscribe via iTunes. Live from a basement in Dubuque, Iowa. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. 30 minutes from the Field of Dreams and four hours from the closest professional sports team. It's not a lie if you believe it. On the banks of the Mississippi River. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I you. It's the Degenerate Sports Betting Show with Matthew Friedman. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. And now your host, Matthew Friedman. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Freeman, Matt F. The Oracle. Welcome to the Degenerate Sports Betting Show brought to you by Bets TV and sponsored by the FTN Network, where you can get all the season long and daily fantasy and sports betting content your degenerate heart desires, including my fantasy football write ups and all of my NFL size totals and player props. Use the highly original promo code Friedman for 20% off of your FTN subscription. That is Friedman for 20% off at FTN. Thank you for checking out our show. Please subscribe to the Best TV channel on YouTube and rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. All right, it is Friday afternoon, which means it is time for our weekly Propapalooza episode where I highlight my favorite prop for every NFL game on Sunday. Before that, however, we're going to take a quick look back at Thursday Night Football. Uh, Tom, uh, RIP, your fantasy team. Sorry about that. And also... I need to tell you about a great giveaway we have at FTN where you can win a free trip to Las Vegas for the week 13 game between the Raiders and Washington football team. It's free to sign up. No purchase necessary. There are lots of prizes that you can win, but the grand prize is $5,000 in value and it includes airfare, hotel, tickets to the game, and more. Click the link in the show description for more details and to sign up. All right, producer Tom, 
Thomas Viola, Psychic on the Controls, Connoisseur Pasta, Titan of Tomato Sauce, and Long Suffering, although now triumphant Jets fan. Tom, uh, get us started. Give us some of the highlights from the Seahawks Rams game last night. Well, it started off really slowly, like you mentioned, Matt. Nondescript game. First half, Seattle went ahead at halftime seven to three. I know you were happy about that. You had Seattle plus two and a half. But the big takeaways in the second half, the offense really picked up. Rams scored 13 unanswered. Seahawks had a chance to win it, but Russell Wilson got hurt, left the game with one of the most disgusting finger injuries that I have ever seen. And Geno Smith came in, and we just knew what was going to happen at that point. The man tosses an interception on the first play of the drive when they have a chance to win with over two minutes left down six, and that was all she wrote. Good work by the Rams. They took care of the Seahawks team. Sean McVay eats Pete Carroll for lunch. Yeah, I don't I don't know if there's really much to say about this game. It was total domination uh, by the Rams. One thing that is interesting, the Rams were only two of ten on third downs, which like that's part of why that first half was so disgusting. Uh, of course, for people who were betting the under, fantastic for them. But um, yeah, I was hopeful in that first half. Uh in part because you're thinking if the Seahawks are going to win, it's probably going to be a kind of nasty game. Um, and that's definitely what we had in the first half. But, you know, especially with Russell Wilson going out in the second half, it was just total destruction. Uh, but 476 yards on offense from the Rams, pretty impressive performance right there on their own. Uh, 9.42 yards per attempt uh, passing the ball. You know, I mean, they just they did basically everything that they wanted to do on offense. There's not like a single category that you look at where they were outplayed by the Seahawks. And that was primarily the case also when Russell Wilson was in the game. Um, so although this, you know, at one point was kind of close, and, you know, as you mentioned, two minutes left down by six points, 23 to 17. There's a chance for the Seahawks to go ahead and win. It feels like a close game at that point, but uh, you know you look at the numbers and it just doesn't feel as if it was really even that close of a game. Um, the Seahawks, they feel like a team that's very much in trouble, especially now, uh, depending on Russell Wilson. We just have to wait and see what's going on with his finger injury. But, oh man, if, uh, if Wilson is out, it feels like this will be a team that people are just lining up to bet against because their defense is really bad. Uh, and then the Rams, you know, bounced back from a tough loss last week. Um, they still look like one of the, not, I wouldn't say one of the best teams in football because their defense is still a little suspect. Like it's still, it's still not as good as people think, but that offense is legit. Robert Woods, great bounce back game for him. Uh, fantastic for everyone who uh, held him in fantasy. Uh, but yeah, the Rams, they, they certainly still look like one of the better teams in the league i i should just say they look like one of the best teams in the league because they do but i do think that defense is a little problematic a quick stat for you before we move on to proper palooza in the history of thursday night football nine games have had a total over 54 last night was the ninth at 54 and a half the under is now nine and oh yeah yeah so that's don't that's, expect uh, scoring on thursday that's pretty intriguing. Yeah. All right, Matt, let's talk some props. Where can people find all of your prop bets? All right. So today we're just doing my favorite prop in each game. You can find all of my prop bets, all my bets in general in the FTN bet tracker. There will be a link to it in the show description. 
And just to remind you, for the purposes of researching, I have relied primarily upon three resources. Number one, Jeff Ratcliffe's player props table is one of the best tools in the industry for helping you quickly compare prices across books and also see the edge that you have in any given bet based on Jeff's projections. I have also consulted the FTN Bets Prop Shop, which is basically Google for props. And then I've used the FTN site-wide projections, which are created by Kyle Murray, not to be confused by Kyler Murray. Uh, Okay, let's get into it. Tom, set me up. We are headed over the pond to London for our first game as the Jets take on the Falcons. The Falcons will feel right at home as a team that always looks good on paper, loses in spectacular fashion, and continuously disappoints their fans playing in Hotspur Stadium. You're looking at Cordero Patterson in this game for our first prop. Yeah, Tom, Tom, come back. It felt like you were going to go with the British accent, but you couldn't quite commit to it. Is that what happened? No, uh, there never in my mind did I think I should go with the British accent that me and accents don't go well together. Uh, well, I can uh, do yeah, yeah. I can do a Bernie Sanders. That's it. OK. Uh, all right. Well, I, I can't do accents either, uh, as as people know, so I can barely do my own voice. So, yes, Cordero Patterson, I'm looking over 36, sorry, 38 and a half yards receiving. You can get this at FanDuel minus 114. Wide receivers Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage are out. And last week, Cordero Patterson played a season-high 11 snaps at wide receiver. I think he's going to play even more wide receiver snaps this week and probably get more targets overall because who else is Matt Ryan going to throw the ball to? Patterson had just two targets in week one. But after that, uh, in weeks uh, two through four, he had seven, seven, and six targets. And with that usage, he had 58, 82, and 82 yards receiving. He could have even more targets this week. If that happens, and he's actually playing as a receiver, it's hard to imagine him having fewer than 38 and a half yards receiving. The second game up on the board, the Packers are headed to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals, and you're looking at a Joe Burrow prop. Yeah, Burrow under 36 and a half pass attempts, DraftKings minus 105. The Bengals have allowed the league's fifth highest sack rate at 9.3%, and they seem likely to be without their starting center and their starting right guard. Even without running back Joe Mixon, uh, I think they are going to lean on the passing game. uh, Sorry, lean on the running game uh, for two reasons. One, uh, that will in theory, help shorten the game if they can be successful running the ball. And that would keep the Packers offense on the sideline. And then two, that will theoretically protect Joe Burrow so that he doesn't get demolished behind an offensive line that is bad and then now also injured. So uh, I'm taking the under 36 and a half pass attempts for Joe Burrow. The next game up, Lions and Vikings in an NFC North clash here. And you've got a pretty nice Dalvin Cook prop. Yeah, Dalvin Cook under 69 and a half yards rushing. Bet MGM minus 115. The matchup is great. The Lions defense is number 30 with uh, a 5.1% rush DVOA. Like teams can just run on them at will. The problem is Cook has an ankle injury. He missed practice on Wednesday and Thursday. It, there's a chance he doesn't play. If he doesn't play, fine. This prop is just graded as no action and your money is returned. If he does play, 
I think there's a pretty significant chance he ends up splitting carries with uh, Alexander Madison, who is, I think, one of the best backups in the league. Uh, and they could split carries, especially since the Vikings are home favorites and they don't really need to rely on Dalvin Cook, in theory, in order to win this game, beating the Lions handily. So Dalvin Cook, under 69 and a half yards rushing. There's a chance he doesn't play in this game, but if he plays, I think there's a really good chance that he hits the under. The next game up, the Broncos are playing the Steelers in Pittsburgh, and you are betting on Ben Roethlisberger to have a noodle arm. Yes, uh, although, Tom, that might be an insult to noodles, uh, given how much yeah, you you like noodles. So, yes, uh, I'm taking the under. Ben Roethlisberger, 250 and a half yards passing. You can get this at DraftKings, minus 115. The Broncos are tied for number two in the league with 6.1 yards per attempt allowed. Uh, and I expect the Steelers are going to try to lean on uh, running back Najee Harris as much as possible in order to avoid what is the strength of that uh, that Denver defense in order to shorten the game. And also just to limit the number of pass attempts that they have from Ben Roethlisberger because obviously he is the worst starting quarterback who happens to be a veteran, but the worst veteran starting quarterback in the league. And honestly, at this point, he might be worse than the rookies. Like, he's probably worse than Zach Wilson. He knows more than Wilson. He can he can do more pre-snap, but once the ball is actually in his hands, he is worse than Zach Wilson. I'll take uh, you know, it. Yeah, so the worst quarterback in the league, I think his team will seek to minimize the number of times he has to throw the ball because he is a total liability. Is he worse than Geno Smith, who could be Man. a starter next week? Man, that's tough. Uh, yeah, I think he's worse than Geno Smith. Wow, a stunning indictment. The Dolphins take on the Buccaneers in the battle for Atlantis, and you're going with a Miles Gaskin prop. Yes, Gaskin under six and a half carries. I, I mean, this this bar is incredibly low, but I, I still think it's it's too high. Uh, you can get this at bet MGM <clears throat> minus 130. Gaskin had just two carries last week. <laughs> just two carries. It's so sad. Just two carries on a season low 12 snaps. Uh, I mean, he's being phased out of the offense and opponents are abandoning the run whenever they're facing the Buccaneers uh, because the Buccaneers are the best team in the league against the run. They're holding opponents to just 2.7 yards per uh, per carry. Last week, Damian Harris had just four carries against the Bucks, and he had minus four yards on them. I just I don't see a situation in which a the Dolphins really go back to Gaskin and use him as their lead back, and then b if they go back to Gaskin, they decide to run him into a brick wall more than six and a half times in this game. It just doesn't. If you're going to if you're going to run a running back into a brick wall. Gaskin is not the guy to do that anyway. You have Malcolm Brown for that. So uh, pretty easily, I am taking the under here. Miles Gaskin, under six and a half carries. The Saints head to the land of sinners, not Las Vegas, Washington, D.C., where they're going to take on Washington football team. And you'd like Adam Humphreys to go under his receiving total. Tom, come back. Was that, that one was off the cuff, right? That was off the cuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Congratulations. All right. Yes. Adam Humphreys under 22 and a half yards receiving DraftKings minus 115. 
The football team is without wide receiver Deami Brown. He has a knee injury and also without tight end Logan Thomas, who's out with a hamstring and on injured reserve. But I don't think that's going to mean that Humphreys is going to get extra work on top of what he normally gets, which is very little. Anyway, wide receiver Curtis Samuel, uh, he made his 2021 debut last week. Uh, he played limited snaps, but you know he escaped without injury presumably. Uh, so I think he's going to be getting more usage this week. Uh, I would expect that he inherits most of Deami Brown's uh, targets. And then tied in Ricky Seals-Jones, uh, I think he's going to be basically a one-for-one replacement of Logan Thomas. Uh, Humphreys has gone under 22 and a half yards receiving in three or four games this year. I, I just, I don't see a situation where Humphreys has a, a very clean shot at going over unless it's just a weird game and he gets eight targets. But I, I don't see that happening under 22 and a half feels like a pretty sharp bet here. The Eagles head to Carolina to take on the Panthers and you are betting on Sam Newton to take it to the air. Yes. Yes. Despite his rushing prowess uh, when he's not running the ball, I think Sam Darnold will be throwing it prolifically. So I'm going over 32 and a half pass attempts Bet MGM minus one Oh five running back Christian McCaffrey. He's uncertain to play. He has practiced this week on a limited basis. So if he doesn't play, I think the Panthers lean a little more into the passing game. Even if he does play, I don't think he's going to be a hundred percent. So the Panthers maybe lean a little bit more into the passing game. Regardless, Darnold has attempted 35, 38, 34 and 39 pass attempts this year for the Panthers. I mean, in every game he's gone over this number. I honestly don't know why this number is so low. Uh, I think in part is because the total is lower and it has moved down, but I still think Darnold is going to throw the ball in this game. The next game up the Titans at the Jaguars and wow, this is a name we haven't heard in a little while. Tavon Austin, thanks to the decimated Jaguars receiving core, is going to be playing and you're going under his passing, his receiving total. Yeah, this this is great. I'm thrilled that Tavon Austin is back in the league so that I can bet against, bet against him once more. Uh, under 23 and a half yards receiving points bet minus 115. <laughs> ah, this is This is my favorite prop so far. This line is about 10 yards too high, maybe 15 yards too high. The wide receiver, DJ Chark, he has the ankle injury. He's out. And in his absence last week, Austin played 73% of the snaps, but he had just three targets and just eight yards. Last year in four games with the Packers, he had 20 yards total for the entire season. 20 yards total. With the Cowboys in 2019, he played 14 games. And in just two of them, he went over 23 and a half yards. I doubt that Austin will be the true inheritor of Chark's workload, even if he ends up getting the majority of Chark snaps. Austin is just a, I mean, he's like the much smaller, much less talented version of Corderell Patterson. It's just not someone who's going to be prioritized within the offense. So a gadget player, easy to take the under on 23 and a half yards receiving. I'm betting this with the utmost of pleasure. 
the most patriotic game of the week. Patriots head down to Texas to take on the Houston Texans. And you're going with David Johnson under six and a half carries. Yeah, you can get this at BetMGM minus 130. I, I don't understand this line, really. Uh, the Texans, they're sizable underdogs. They seem unlikely to be running the ball all that much against the Patriots. On top of that, even if or when they do run, I don't think it's going to be Johnson. He's not the guy who is really carrying the ball for them. Uh, he's much more of a receiver than a runner at this stage of his career. Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay are the guys who are carrying the ball for the Texans. You just look at the four games David Johnson has played this year and the carries he's had in those games. Three, six, two, and five. Uh, I mean, this guy is entirely unimportant to the running game that the Houston Texans would aspire to have. But uh, hey, at least they no longer have DeAndre Hopkins. So uh, they have that going for them. Yeah, David Johnson, under six and a half carries. Love this. You saw that thing that Bill O'Brien was saying he was trying to get fired by the Texans now? Like that no. came out in the book? No. It, it, it was in the news last week, but it, it raises eyebrows now about some of those terrible trades. But anyway, wow. the Bears, Chicago, they are headed to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. And you don't think Justin Fields is going to have a very good day. Yeah, it's it's not that I think he's going to have a horrible day. It's just I don't think he's going to be used aggressively. I'm going under 18 and a half completions. You can get this at DraftKings plus 105. I think the Raiders will attempt to protect fields by leaning on the running game. And then with offensive coordinator Bill Lazor calling the plays, the Bears are attempting passes that are farther downfield, which will lead to fewer overall completions uh, in a couple of ways, either because those passes are harder to complete and they're not actually completed or because those passes are completed but that means the Bears don't need to complete as many passes on a per-drive basis in order to drive down the field. Either way, it kind of doesn't matter. Um, in the two starts that Fields has, he's 6 of 20 and 11 of 17 passing. Like He would need to pass the ball significantly more than he has to this point in order to hit the over. And that could happen against the Raiders. You know, it might be a shootout situation where the Bears need Justin Fields to throw the ball a little bit more. But based on the numbers we've seen so far, uh, it's pretty easy to take the under. The Browns head to L.A. where they're going to take on the Chargers. And you see Kareem Hunt getting a little bit of a workload in this game. Yeah, Kareem Hunt over 10 and a half carries. You can get this at DraftKings minus 105. The Chargers are number 30 in the league with 5.3 yards per carry allowed. They basically beg opponents to run on them. And the, and the Browns, they're like one of the few teams in the league that is just entirely happy to run the ball uh, and not have their, their quarterback throw. Uh, so the Browns don't need any extra incentive to run. Anyway, with what is likely to be a run-heavy game plan, I think Kareem Hunt could get a couple, you know, maybe a few, extra carries in this game uh you know a little more than he normally does and that would bump this i'd say closer to 12 and a half than the 10 and a half that we see in the market right now next up i'm sure this is your favorite game of the week the new york football giants head to dallas 
to take on the Cowboys. And it's looking very strongly like Daniel Jones is actually playing like a competent quarterback this year. Can he keep it up? Looks like you're banking on that this week. Yeah, Jones, uh, he's been a top eight fantasy quarterback. Um, it helps to have that running ability, but the Cowboys are also making it easy on teams. They're uh, allowing the fourth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, so it's a good matchup for him. Um, I'm going over Daniel Jones, 35 and a half pass attempts, DraftKings minus 125. The Cowboys, we know what they can do on offense. They're very likely to put up points. And I think that means the Giants will probably have to pass the ball in order to keep pace with the Cowboys. Every quarterback to face the Cowboys this year has gone well over 35 and a half pass attempts. You have Tom Brady in week one, 50 pass attempts. Justin Herbert in week two, 41 attempts. Jalen Hurts, week three, 39 pass attempts. And then last week, Sam Darnold, 39 pass attempts. This is just a situation where almost regardless of what the Giants would like to do on offense, the Cowboys offense will play in such a way that it forces the Giants hand to where they have to throw the ball more frequently. So Daniel Jones, over 35 and a half pass attempts. Uh, I really do like this prop. Two games left on the board. One of them, 49ers at Cardinals should be an exciting NFC West matchup and you're looking at one of the backup running backs who might be getting more playing time here yeah going with James Connor over nine and a half carries bet MGM plus 100 and Connor on his own has a chance to hit this number um, even if things were totally normal but starter Chase Edmonds he has a shoulder issue he has missed practice on Wednesday and Thursday so we need to keep an eye on him he might not play this weekend. If Edmonds is out, this is a total smash for Connor, who will likely have a massive workload. And then even if Edmonds is active, Connor could still go over this number, in part because maybe the team would want to give him a few more carries to keep everything light for Edmonds. And then also, the Cardinals are home favorites. Maybe they get ahead by a sizable margin, and they just run out the clock and give Connor significant usage. We've seen him have that kind of workload already this season. He has 13.3 carries per game. He's he's had double-digit carries in three of four games. So regardless of whatever happens with Chase Edmonds, I think this is a very good bet. But if Edmonds happens to be out, this is a total smash. And last but certainly not least, I'm very excited to watch some of this game while we record our show on Sunday night. A rematch of the AFC Championship game, the Bills at the Chiefs. And you think the Chiefs are going to get mossed in this game? Yes. Zach Moss over nine and a half carries, bet MGM plus 105. Moss has played as the lead back for the Bills in each of the past two weeks. And over that time, he's had 13 and 14 carries in those two games. The Chiefs are number 32 in rush defense DVOA, really, literally the worst in the league. Uh, and given that dynamic, I can see the Bills running on them uh, because they can gain chunk yardage that way. And then they can also slow the game down a little bit and keep the Chiefs offense on the sideline. So I do think that Moss ends up going over nine and a half carries in this spot. All right, Matt, that is every game on the Sunday slate. 
If people want to find all of your bets, of course, like we mentioned earlier in the show, and all of the awesome content you put out each and every day, where can they go? Yes, you can get all of the work at FTN Network on Friday. I am publishing the Fantasy Football Breakdown. I'm almost done with that. On Thursday, I publish the best bets piece. On Tuesday, I publish my rankings, which are updated on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then on Twitter, you can catch uh, also YouTube. On Twitter, YouTube, your favorite podcast app. And on FTN, you can see daily episodes of the Friedman Fantasy Football Show and the Degenerate Sports Betting Show. Uh, And then, of course, all of my plays are in the bet tracker at FTN. Use the promo code FREEDMAN for 20% off of your FTN subscription. All right, that is the show. Please subscribe to the Bets TV channel on YouTube and rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. You can find me and Tommy B on Twitter at MattFTheOracle and TV at work. Thanks for joining us and see you next episode. Fall savings are here at HomeDepot.com, which means it's time to upgrade and enjoy. With all the savings you'll find on furniture, mattresses, home decor, and kitchen essentials, you'll be able to pamper yourself in a home that brings you joy. Save up to 25% off select bedding and bath and slumber in total comfort. Save on the style you want and indulge in the lifestyle you deserve. Shop our fall savings at HomeDepot.com slash decor and have it delivered straight to your home. Free delivery on select items, $45 or more, U.S. only valid through October 20th, 2021. For 75 years, AIR has used evidence to improve lives. Over the next five, we're investing more than $100 million into social science research so we can build upon a body of evidence that will inform policies and fight systemic inequality. It's called the AIR Equity Initiative, and it's how we'll bridge the gaps that hold us back. Learn more about how we're applying our know-how to right now at AIR.org equity. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review. Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.